Amen. It is good to see you. Good to see you all. Good to see you guys online. Uh, glad who's here. Either you are determined to come to church or you missed the memo of what happened with the weather. You guys online, I hope our online attendance service is spiked because of the weather. Man, if you were wishing for uh, snow, you got it today, man. It just came down quick. If you're watching out of state, it has uh, snowed quite a bit right now. So uh, what a crazy service. What a crazy day. I just want to shout out real quick to our AV team and our, our uh, uh, worship team who just uh, made sure they came here so we could continue to do this and others who came here to help shovel snow in the front in case anybody came and stuff. So thank you guys so much for being adaptable to what's going on. So uh, I'm excited to continue with our Christmas series and it definitely feels like Christmas now uh, with the snow and everything outside. If you're not feeling it, my kids are telling daddy to hurry up and get done so they can go play in the snow. That's all they care about right now. But it's starting to feel really like Christmas is coming along. Uh, we've been in a series going through an advent calendar kind I'm talking about preparing our hearts. And week one, we talked about preparation. Are, are you prepared? Are you getting things ready for the coming of Christ in your home? Last week, we talked about anticipation. Are, are you actually believing that Christ is actually going to come? Do you actually anticipate to come? Because your anticipation affects your preparation. What you believe is going to happen will affect what you're going to do. And this week, we're going to talk about exaltation. We'll get to it in a little bit uh, and tackle that. But as we jump into that, I want to ask real quick with the people you're with around at home, type online, if you will, uh, answer this question with me or with the people around you. What is it about Christmas that gets you most excited? Well, what is it? Well, what is that thing that you're like, man, I, I just, when I think of Christmas, this gets me just excited. My, my blood starts pumping. I get excited about it. Is it Christmas morning, the presents? Is it going to Nana's party, you know, and, and hanging out with her, the fruitcake? What is it? Real quick, with the people you're with, discuss what is the thing that gets you most excited about Christmas? You guys online, if you can do me a favor, type, type your responses. What is it that you love the most? Seeing family, you can say Jesus if you want to, if you want to give a typical church answer. We can be un, un, irreligious for a split second and, and share what it is. If it's something else, take a second. What did you say, Hallie? Presence, of course. Presence. Yes, my kids have shaken every present under the tree at least 15,000 times. Uh, I've offered to let them open it, but I've told them if they get to see it, I get to take it back. So that's the rule. They can see it all they want. They, they haven't jumped on that yet. I don't know what gets you guys excited for Christmas. Uh, as a kid, it was presents. Uh, as I got older, it was being with family and stuff like that. Uh, getting together for Christmas holidays, seeing grandmother, all that sort of stuff. Uh, as I've gotten older, it, it's now my kids. It's wrapped around my kids. It's, it's seeing the excitement for Christmas morning. I think I'm more excited than they are to get up. Uh, and I remember even early on, we had to hurry up and, hey, wake up. We want you to see what Santa brought. All, all that fun stuff. Um, but I also, it's funny with kids, their excitement, uh, because uh, me and Emily spent all this time shopping for the perfect present. You ever done that before? Looking for the perfect present. You can't wait for them to open it. You can't wait for them to get it. And you're thinking, man, they're going to love this. And it comes in this giant box. And you think, man, they're going to get excited about it. And they open the present. And what happens? They play with the box. Right? Anybody feel that pain right there? I mean, that's my kids right there, giant box, all the presents, all the toys in the background, and what do they want to do? They want to make a house out of the box. I'm thinking, I would have saved so much money if I just bought a box and given it to them. I don't know if you can feel that pain or whatever. And what's funny is they've probably played that box more than any of the toys we bought them that were these big things, you know? And it's, it's just interesting. They, they get so excited. They build forts. Every time we have a box in the house, that's what happens. They have to take it. They have to uh, make it into a home or something of that nature. Um, it's interesting to me, and I want to tie into what I'm trying to say today. It's interesting that for them, they get excited about the wrong thing. 
I want them to be excited about the gift, the true gift of what came in the box, what it's all about. But in reality, all they care is about the veneer, what came, uh, actually brought the box here, and they get excited about the shell of what it is. And the truth is, at Christmas, I think sometimes we can fall in the same line of thought, where sometimes we can get excited to have joy about Christmas, but it has nothing to do with Christ. We can get so excited about things about Christmas, and it has nothing to do with Jesus himself or what Christmas is actually about. We get excited about the baby Jesus, but we don't get excited about the Savior Jesus. We lose sight of what really matters, and we get excited about the wrong gift. And so today, as we talk about, we need to make sure we get excited about the right thing. Why, why is that? Uh, and I'm about to throw some big words. Maybe it's not for you. It was for me, I'll be honest. But uh, is, why is this important to process? Is because exaltation with an A affects our exaltation with a U. You like that? I had to Google that and get that. And if you don't know what that means, exaltation with A means this. I have it up on the screen. It means to, to raise up, to hold in high regard, to, to place an extreme value. And so the things that we hold up are, are, are important to us and affects our exaltation. For example, if you, uh, if you know anything about Dave Ramsey and all his sort of stuff, he exalts being debt-free. That, that is something he holds a primacy. He thinks it is very important to be debt-free. And all his shows, everything is wrapped around this mindset of being debt-free. But our exaltation affects our exaltation. Exaltation means to celebrate. It means jubilation or extreme joy, the thing that we celebrate. And so I'm not trying to propose uh, Dave Ramsey stuff, but if you watch any of his stuff, anything, he has on his shows, he, he holds high regard being debt-free. And on his show, if you've ever seen, when someone comes to say, listen, I've, I've saved over, I've, I've got $50,000 worth of debt that I paid off, they do this thing on the show called the Debt-Free Scream. And I started to get you a clip, but it's really annoying, so I didn't want to do that to you. But literally, they get on there, and he goes, give your debt scream, and they just scream out, I'm $50,000 debt-free, woo, and begin to scream. Well, what they hold up high shows and what they celebrate. Well, what you value will be expressed in the joy you come. Or, or as I'm trying to say, what you exalt, you will exalt. Are you tracking with what I'm getting at here? And so my point I want to get today, we process this, well, what are you exulting? What are you celebrating this Christmas? And you say, why is that important? Well, it's everything I said, because your celebration is a symptom of your heart. I mean, think of this COVID season. I mean, I talk to people, how do you know if you have, what, what's the telltale sign? If you lose your smell, if you lose your taste, that's the telltale sign that you most likely have COVID right now. In scripture, it tells us out from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you celebrate shows what is valuable to you in your heart and your life. And I want to ask for this Christmas, what are we truly celebrating? What, what are we really getting excited about? The big idea I want you to see as we unpack more in Luke is exalt the Lord so that he can be exalted. Now, I probably went way farther down a track with that whole terminology, and I probably should. I'm getting some head nods. It's okay. I had fun putting it together nonetheless. But exalt the Lord so that he can be exalted. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 39. We're going to unpack, continue through our narrative of Luke's account of the birth of Jesus Christ. As you turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 39, I'll, I'll share real quick with you what we've covered. We, we've started with talking about John the Baptist, how he came, and Jesus' life story didn't start with Jesus. It started with John the Baptist, someone who's preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. And last week we talked about uh, Mary getting the news about that she was going to give birth to the Savior. And anticipation, what that affects. But this week, we're going to look at Mary now going to visit Elizabeth in her joy. In the news that she finds out, what does she do with this good news? And so let's read real quick. We're going to read it all, and then we'll unpack it. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 56. It says, a few days later, and this is again after uh, Mary just got the news about Jesus, uh, that she's going to give birth to him. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You you are blessed because you believe the Lord would do what he said. And then Mary breaks into a song, 11, verse 46. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice on his lowly servant girl. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes uh, from their throne and exalted the humbled. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three more months and then went back to her, home, uh, her own home. Which if you don't know, Elizabeth at this point was six months pregnant. And at three months, she probably was around the time when John the Baptist was being born. You get to see a lot of what's going on. Um, it's just so interesting, the detail. Hey, as we look at this, I want you to notice, and we want to look at three different situations. on Three different people experiencing the joy of Christ, and yet three different responses to what's going on that I think you see in the same thing as Christmas. You see, the first part I want you to look at is the joy of an unborn baby named John. Look at the very beginning, verse 39 through 41. It says, a few days as Larry, uh, Larry, sorry, Larry, Mary uh, hurried to the hill country. She, she, she's so excited about her joy. She goes immediately to Elizabeth, and she goes there where Zechariah lived, which again is her relative. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth, and what happened? At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. This baby leaps with joy inside of her. It's interesting as you unpack looking at this joy of this baby, uh, babies could actually do this. This is a six-month-old baby at this point where she's at. And uh, Sorry, John is six months old. And, and here's a picture of a six-month-old baby, a rendering of it. To give you some context, at this point in the pregnancy, it would have been towards the end of the second trimester. Uh, some articles online, I can't really speak from personal experience, said this is the best that pregnancy is going to get at this point, is what they say. The best you're going to enjoy before it starts getting more uncomfortable or whatever. At this point in the pregnancy, uh, it has become obvious to others that you're pregnant. People are starting to notice you have the baby bump. At this point, the mother has gained anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds, and everyone's starting to touch her belly. Oh, I can't wait. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever experienced that. The baby, as you see here at this point, is anywhere from 7 to 12 inches long, and at this point, only weighs about one to two pounds. It's starting to gain shape. As a matter of fact, the baby's development, so at this point, they've developed lungs. They've developed fingerprints, toe prints, eyebrows, eyelashes, that they can hear and respond to sounds. 
They're, they're able to move their eyes and hiccups, which mothers at this point are starting to kind of feel a little bit here and there. I, can, I think I can hear the baby hiccup, or I can feel the baby moving. But baby's moving, movement is beginning to increase. At the moment Mary comes in, this baby literally is able to hear Mary and respond to Mary and does something so profound that Elizabeth's like, this is unique. This baby has leaped with joy. It's not a coincidence. It's different than anything I've felt before. I love that she leaps, John leaps at the sound of Mary. So what's interesting to me is this baby right now, understand, can't fully understand what's going on, but there's something inside this baby that's stirring that knows there's something there. You follow what I'm getting at? You see, I think John here in many regards represents, in our world we say, the joy of those found in those who just don't know. There's something in us that tells us there's something going on here, but we don't fully understand. We don't know the story. We don't know what's going on. We can't fully process what's going on. They understand there's something worth celebrating with Christmas, but they're not sure what it is. And you see in the world where people begin to celebrate all of a sudden, we celebrate the Grinch, we celebrate Santa, we celebrate all this sort of stuff. They know there's something joyous about this season, but they can't really explain it. They can't really detail it. And what's interesting is God places that joy inside the hearts of his people. Scripture tells us this. Even people who don't know God, people who don't want to give credit to God, there's something in them that tells them there is a God. There's something that tells them there's a joy that I can't express. Hebrews 10, verse 16 says this. God says, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. In other words, people who don't even know me, there's something in them that knows. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 23, listen to this, talking about people who have never even heard the name of God or heard about him. Listen, it says, everything that may be known about God has been made clear. Yes, God has clearly shown them everything that may be known about him. There are things about God that people cannot see his eternal power, and all the things that make him God. But since the beginning of the world, those things have been easy to understand. They're made clear by what God has made. So people have no excuse for the bad things they do. They knew God, but they did not give glory to God, and they did not thank him. You see, their thinking became useless. Their foolish minds were filled with darkness. They said they were wise, but, uh, but they became fools. They gave up the glory of God who lives forever, and they traded that glory for the worship of idols made to look like earthly people. See, they traded God's glory for things that look like birds, animals, and snakes. If you don't know what he's saying, like, listen, there's something in all of us that tells us there's a God, there's something worth worshiping, there's something to be excited about. But people come to a point when they don't know, they begin to ascribe it to things that are never meant to be worshipped. They begin to worship other things. It speaks to this, is that when we misunderstand the joy inside us, it will lead us to misplace our worship on different things that were never meant to be ascribed worship. And I think there's a reason at Christmas why you have people excited and joyous and worshiping presents, worshiping Santa, worshiping all these sort of things, and it's really not about Christ at all. It speaks to our need that the gospel, listen, the gospel more than ever needs to be shared at Christmas. People need to connect that joy to the right thing. Because otherwise, they're going to ascribe it to different things. And so you have this joy of the baby, but it's not just only joy. You have someone else that has joy. Look at verse 42 through 45. You also have the joy of Elizabeth. After the baby leaps, it says, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in the Holy Spirit, Lily filled her, and she knew. She was able to describe. Before Mary said a word, understand, she walks into her, and before Mary said a word, Elizabeth knows what's going on and begins to proclaim truth. Like, you, you have the Savior inside of you. I mean, imagine how affirming that was for Mary to hear that first and foremost. But Elizabeth begins to unpack what's going on. Like, man, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm honored by this. 
Elizabeth, what I think is interesting to me is when you read it, she celebrates the Messiah, not the baby. How often when you see a newborn, someone's pregnant, you come and go, oh, baby, when's it coming? It's all about the baby. Her celebration is not about the baby. Her celebration is the understanding this is the Messiah. Like, the baby's great, and we're going to get excited about that. But don't miss the bigger thing. The bigger thing is this is the Messiah. I'm honored and humbled to have the Messiah in my home, the promised one that would save us. Don't miss that. It says she was filled with the Spirit. And I love it says, it says she gave a glad cry. The, the literal rendering of this in the original language literally means she blurts out what she's feeling. She's just, oh, baby, you got the Messiah. Like she's just spitting out what's like she can't hold it in in her excitement. You ever know that? Like my girls, when they come in, they're excited. They start blurting the second. Yesterday, me and Hallie went and picked out presents for uh, her mom and her sister. And we came in. I'm like, do not tell your sister. And immediately, I got you a present. I'm like, hush, Hallie, don't tell her. Don't. Like she's trying. She can't hold it in in her excitement. I don't know if you've ever experienced stuff like that. I, I think, Elizabeth, what's interesting to me if I can connect back to what we see in Christmas, it is represents those who uh, have an idea, ha- have an idea about what Christmas is about, but are waiting confirmation. They, 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 there's something in them. They've heard stories. They know this idea of Christmas, but they don't fully, man, I need confirmation. I need to like, she's still waiting for Mary to say, yes, it's true. It's true. She's waiting for that truth to come to her. She believes it. She wants to proclaim it, but even some timidity in what's going on. You see, there's a truth you understand. Listen, when we have unconfirmation and the Spirit's leading in our life, it can lead us to doubt. When the Spirit stirs our heart, like, I believe Christmas is about this, and you begin to do it and people don't confirm that, how often would you go, maybe I'm wrong? Man, I want to get excited. I want to make Christmas about Jesus. And I I just feel like growing up, that's what it was about. And I think this is important. But when people don't confirm that and validate that, you begin to go, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't fully understand that. You see, joy is expressed in so many different ways. And I love Mary's joy. Look at verse 46 through 56. Mary comes out, and she can't hold it in. As a matter of fact, Mary's so excited that the moment she finds out, it literally says at the beginning, immediately she hurries off to Elizabeth. She is so profoundly excited, she gets up and runs to Elizabeth's house to tell the first person she can. Think about this. In your excitement, if you got something really great news, who's the first person you want to tell? This is who Mary was. She can't wait to go and tell. I just can't wait to blurt this out. And she comes to her, and her first moment to speak, what does she do? She breaks out into a high school musical song right here. Like she just starts, you know, everyone's together, like just breaking out. And you're like, what's going on? If you don't get that reference, you obviously don't have a kid that's, or know someone's 25 years, 30 years or younger. Ask them, they'll explain it to you. Like literally, she just breaks out in a song. I, every time I've watched a musical on TV, I'm like, this is the most absurd thing. I've never seen this in the world where Emily's like, how are you doing? Well, let me tell you. And I just start breaking out in a song and dancing like it's the weirdest thing. But apparently it happens. <laughs> Mary does that. She starts singing, she starts dancing, she starts celebrating. Why? Because she can't hold in the joy of the truth that she knows. Like, don't miss the context of her song. If you look at her song, verse 46 through 49, she's talking about what God has done for her. Man, God, God chose me. He's blessed me. Like, like, God has made me great, nothing because of me, because of who he is. And the second part, she unpacks in verse 50 through 53 what God has done for us. You don't know how to share a testimony? That's what it looks like. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you what God has done for us. The same truth for you. And she begins to unpack and tell and celebrate the joy of what's going on. And she's so excited. Her, her joy is palpable. You can feel it. 
See, I think Mary for us, and I think it's the truth we need to come to today, is represents those who have the truth and need to share it. Mary knows. Mary's experienced. Mary has. But joy fulfilled is Mary expresses. She, she, she can't help but tell someone about it. She can't help get it out. I, this is so important for this Christmas that comes to us. Listen, we, we need to express our joy because people need to connect, people need help connecting their joy to the truth of the gospel. This Christmas, people are going to get excited about Christmas, whether you like it or not. They're going to get excited. Everyone does. But if you don't help them connect it to the bigger picture, to the gospel message, they're going to get excited about the wrong thing. They're going to come to worship Christmas to be about Santa. They're going to come worship Christmas to be about snow, about all sorts of stuff that has nothing to do with the promised Messiah that came to save them. And so if we let Christmas go by and we don't share the gospel, listen, we, we are not exalting the Lord. And it's not being expressed in our exaltation, our celebration. You can't hide what's inside. There's a famous quote you guys have maybe heard before by a guy named St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, we've got to love that, right? You know? it's, it's a quote, and he says this, and it's a famous one. He says, preach Christ at all times. Use words if necessary. What, what a powerful quote. What an amazing quote. I love it. It means body, live it out, all sorts of stuff. But can I tell you, as great as that quote is and it's needed, there's something missing. We have to tell verbally the gospel to people. People are going to know that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for their sins just by me giving them a warm cup of coffee and saying, I hope they got the message. <laughs> I hope they got it. I love Keith and Tina, what they did we shared last week. People are not going to get the gospel message from giving them a hot dog. It's going to open the door, but to give them a hot dog and tell them to walk away, they're never going to understand that salvation can come in their life through that hot dog. They have to be told. You have to express the gospel. You have to use words. Christmas needs words, not just your kind deeds. And so don't just think, man, I got him a gift. I did this. Like we, we need to express what's going on. We need to open our mouth and speak. If you're like Mary and you've experienced the truth of the gospel, you've experienced salvation, you've experienced the joy that it has, that there are people out there that have a joy in them that they can't explain. So, some who have been connecting to so many other things. Some who, who kind of know, but they're hesitant to speak. Like I, I grew up knowing this and they need someone to connect it for them. L let me tell you, maybe this year, it's your year to break out in the high school musical song. Make it weird. That's cool. Whatever. But we have to express it. Use your words this Christmas. See, the big idea, I want to go back and I want to express it again, is exalt the Lord so that he can be exalted. Raise up the Lord. Express his value. Raise him up in your life. And what will come out of that is true joy, extreme happiness that, that your life cannot hold in. You cannot keep it from coming out. You can't stop it. The, the truth of Christmas needs to be expressed. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, I quoted this a minute ago. It says this, If a person speaks, the things are in his heart. Or another rendering I love says this, Out from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you've really experienced Jesus Christ, listen, you can't help but hold it in. You know who the best evangelists in the world are? It's people who are newly saved. It's amazing to me. People who just came to Christ, there's excitement, and then there's something that happens to us in Christianity, we begin to get numb, we begin to get used to it. It, becomes to get, it starts to get mundane. And suddenly, it's not, the excitement's gone. The news worn off. And can I tell you something? There's nothing that wears off with salvation, but we let it because of the hardness of the world. 
Matthew 13, 44, I love, says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. It said one day the man found the treasure and then he hid it in the field again. The man was very happy. Another version says in his joy, he went back to find the treasure. He went and sold everything he owed to buy that field again. His joy gave up everything for this, for this gift. Listen, Christmas needs to be expressed. The gospel needs to be expressed. Do, do, me, do a favor with me. Let's do an activity. Okay? I'm gonna, you guys at home too, everyone do this. Do a favor. Where, where are you at real quick? I want you to take a deep breath and hold it in as long as you can, as long as you painfully can. Okay? If it's two seconds, it's fine. If it's 30 minutes, I, I'll probably keep preaching past you. Right? Here we go. Breathe it in. Hold it in as long as you can. Hallie, are you doing it? No? Okay. Good stuff. Keep holding. If I breathe twice, I'm not going to lie. I can't talk and do this at the same time. Hold it in as long as you can. And once you can't hold it in any longer, let it out. <laughs> I heard that one, Addy. Good job. Well, what, what I'm gonna do, listen, I, I want you to think of worship as like the breath you draw into your lungs. W worship is like breathing. You need it in your lungs to survive, but if you hold it in, it's going to hurt. There comes a point where it's going to begin to be painful. Like you're like, man, I can't hold this. Eventually it has to come out. True worshipers are people that really understand when you breathe in the breath of God, when you experience it, you can't hold it in. At some point you have to let it out. Because if you don't, it's going to cause pain to you and ultimately to others. And so my, my challenge for you this Christmas, my, my, my thing, if I can give you a practical application, this Christmas, breathe out your joy. Expel it from your lungs. Let it come out and say, listen, let me, I just can't hold it in. Breathe out your joy. See, the truth of this is you need to understand as we kind of tie in towards the end is, is you can't breathe out what you have never breathed in. If you've never breathed in the gospel, you never made the truth of salvation, you can't breathe it out. You have nothing to offer. And if you haven't breathed out, if you're not expressing joy, if you're not breathing out, then you probably haven't breathed in. People that experience salvation can't hold it in. Now listen, I'm not trying to get you to doubt your salvation. Like, man, if I'm not expressing joy, then I probably, I'm probably not saved. That's not the goal of this message. But it brings to truth one of two things. Either one, if you're not breathing out the joy of the Lord, one, you've never experienced the joy of the Lord that I'm talking about. And you need to come to salvation. Maybe you've come to church your whole life and gone through the motions, but you've never experienced what I'm talking about. You've never really given your life to the Lord. And you've tried to fake it till you make it. That, that's either true for one of you. Or, or you fall in this other category where you have experienced salvation, but you really don't understand the full extent of what you have. You really don't understand what you have in your lungs. I equated to this. I remember at 10 years old, getting to go to my grandmother's house, and I look forward to this for a year, my first time to get to participate with the other men in the household for our Dirty Santa gift exchange. I thought I was a grown-up, thought it was the coolest thing ever. I couldn't wait. And you get the gifts, and you take turns, and you draw the numbers. You know what I'm talking about. Everyone gets the opportunity to go and get a gift. And I'm a 10-year-old kid, and it's my turn in West Texas with all my country folk family and whatnot. And I go and pick up my gifts, and I open up, and I open up a gift card. It's a gift card to Jibos, which is a tractor supply place that's $25, okay? And, and, you know, I open this up. I have no idea what this is. I'm a 10-year-old kid, don't live in West Texas, don't, never been to a tractor supply store, and, and my face turns red because I immediately realize I have something in my possession. I have no idea what it is. And everyone's like, what do you got, Eric? I said, oh, it's a, it's a gaboss card. I got myself a gaboss card. Look at that, 20. And everyone begins laughing at me right there. And I went from kind of nervous to just embarrassment, and they just began to laugh because I had in my possession a gift worth something, but I had no idea what it was. 
I really never understand it. And they begin to explain to me, and I'll never forget that moment in my life, that moment of I had something of value, but I didn't really understand. And, and there's, there's many of us, I think, in the room, they're the same thing. Like, we have salvation, we've experienced the joy, but we really don't understand what we truly deserve and what that really means. And today, you, you have kind of one of two choices. You can come to a place and acknowledge your need for Jesus Christ because you never received that gift. And your joy has been tied around something that you've never understood, that you've never had. Or, or you need to come to a place this Christmas where you come to realize, listen, I've had this gift of salvation, but I've never really appreciated what I have in my possession. I've never really understood the value of what it is. And you need to place some value. You need to exalt it. And so I ask this where you are, where you're sitting right now, if you would take a second. As the band slowly starts making their way up, um, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask if you would just take a second and say, God, help me to place my joy in the right place this Christmas. Maybe you're going to sound my voice and you know what I'm talking about. And every year for Christmas, you go the same motions. You celebrate, uh, you worship things, you, you get excited about Christmas, but it has nothing to do with Christ. Listen, this Christmas, it's about Christ, and we need to make sure it happens. How, how this Christmas can you make sure the gospel message gets shared out of your mouth? Not out of your good deeds, not just out of, out of gifts that you give, but literally you take the opportunity to share the gospel with someone this Christmas and connect the joy of Christmas to what it's really all about. Maybe some of you understand my voice, you understand, like, listen, Eric, I've never, I've, never, I've never received this salvation you're talking about, and today's the day that you can connect the joy to what it's all about. If that's you, this is all you have to do. Scripture makes it abundantly clear. You have to come to admit that you're a sinner, admit that there's no way that you could save yourself. Believe that Jesus Christ came as a baby, lived a perfect life as a person, died on the cross giving a perfect sacrifice for a payment that you couldn't make and paid the payment of salvation that you come. If you believe that, and third thing is if you confess with your mouth, if you confess, Jesus Christ, I want you and I need you. If you pray to God and say, God, I want you to come in my life. I know I need you. I know I'm a sinner. Please save me. I give my life to you. And if you say that in me, and Scripture makes it clear that you are saved. And if you say that in me, it's say, listen, you can walk away today with the tr- connecting your joy to the true meaning of salvation. Children of God, those are going to sound my voice right now that know what I'm talking about, that know this joy. Listen, don't let this Christmas go by without sharing it with someone. Don't miss it because people need help connecting their joy to the, the true meaning of Christmas. Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much for the examples in Scripture we sit that, that, you, that you sent for us to follow. And God, Mary, Mary experienced joy that many of us need to express the same thing. It's not the joy of a baby. That's exciting, and we can get excited about that. It's not the joy of, of snow and, and all these sort of things. It's not, the, it's not even the joy of a baby in a manger. It's the joy of what the baby in the manger represents, that, that salvation has come. God, help us not to miss that point, God. I pray in my own heart, in my own life, with my kids, God, I pray I would not let a day go by where I do not talk to them about this truth. My own kids need help connecting this truth. My parents, I need to help them with this. My, my brothers, my sister, my friends, God, let me, let me not miss the opportunity because it's on everyone's hearts and minds. Help me, help me to help them connect. God, I pray there's something to sound my voice that you're stirring their heart. God, I pray you stir them to action to do something. I thank you so much for being present this year. I thank you so much for opening our eyes, breaking up our rhythm. Even in the worst situation, God, you're breaking up our rhythm to get our attention. God, let us see your sovereign hand over all that's going on. I love you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. We're going to wrap up, I think, with a, a children's song I think we're excited for. Uh, if you are online or in person, I don't want to remind you on your way out for an opportunity to give your tithes and offerings. There's buckets here. You guys online, there is giving online. I think a, a link on our church website may be popping up on the platform. Uh, take advantage of that. You can give on our new online giving platform. Uh, and so uh, we want you to get doing that. If this is a tough year for you, hey, reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you. We ask our church members to be faithful to that. So wherever you are at home, in person, would you guys stand and do us a favor and help us get in tune with this, Christmas, this song for the children's song?